Russia did not just attack Ukraine in 2022, and not only militarily. The war started in 2014, and both propaganda and information warfare have been at the forefront of Russia's efforts to control, dominate, and coerce the people of Ukraine. But a whole community of digital innovators, marketers, and software engineers have fought back. They've been creating new ways to tackle disinformation, promote truth, and tackle weaponized social media. Along with the other digital innovators, they are creating a new front line in the fight for democracy, and in many ways are far ahead of the West in advancing techniques for digital, digital counterinsurgency and info ops. Welcome to Silicon Curtain. We aim to cover a range of issues around online propaganda and digital disinformation. If you enjoy the material we create, then please like and subscribe to help boost the popularity of our videos in YouTube and share our channel with your network. Anastasia Bedachenko is a digital media specialist with over 17 years of work experience. With, I'll start that again. Anastasia Bedachenko is a digital media specialist with over 17 years of experience within leading network and local advertising agencies. She's chief executive officer of IAB Ukraine, the Interactive Advertising Bureau, an advertising business organization that develops industry standards, conducts research, and provides legal support for the online advertising industry. She is also chief operating officer of Razon Communications, a digital media agency in the Kiev region. She's previously been chief transformation officer at IPG and Havas Group, a leading Western media company. Anastasia, welcome. Hi, Jonathan. Thank you for the invitation. I'm very pleased to speak on behalf of IB Ukraine and my country in such a difficult time. Thank you. Well, let's start with a really obvious question. What's it been like working in war conditions under the threat of bombardment since February 22? Uneasy. Definitely it is very uneasy uh, because COVID uh, taught us a lot. Uh, we are uh, ready to work distantly, uh, to, we are ready for remote work, but now uh, our teams, uh, both IAB teams and uh, our IB Ukraine member teams are dispersed throughout the Ukraine, Europe and even world. So we have a very difficult uh, and different situation when we have a standard uh, working call because someone uh, are in Poland, Germany, and it's, uh, it's okay, but uh, some people are in different regions of Ukraine. For example, Western, it uh, may be okay, but uh, Eastern, uh, or uh, now it's South, uh, Southern regions, uh, it could be a problem. Uh, Ukraine is a large country, uh, and sometimes we have rocket attacks throughout all the territory, sometimes uh, for the some regions. And for example, when we have our normal weekly status, uh, it, uh, it is possible that someone will be under air raid threat and should go to the shelter. Uh, definitely, the war has a very um, difficult uh, impact on uh, people's mental health. And uh, it's, it's normal that people need support, uh, psychological support uh, and leadership support. Uh, and um, of course, they lost um, a good share of their productivity. And um, that is why I could say that uh, our job now is quite uneasy because uh, we are doing it in, in under under difficult circumstances. Of course, what state yeah. it, it is difficult. Of course, I think yes. Everybody who's seen the footage uh, daily on the news realizes just how how tough it is uh, and how risky in many parts of the country. You are a very visible member of the marketing community in Eastern Europe. Have you had a lot of support and encouragement from colleagues and acquaintances? Oh, I, I hope, hope so. Uh, IAB family uh, definitely support IAB Ukraine so much. Uh, I mean, uh, here, not 
not only kind and supportive words, uh, but also a very important uh, action. For instance, uh, it was Russian and Belarusian IAB license removal. Uh, it was uh, Ukraine participation in many programs, and it was also financial support because uh, we have now great economic uh, strategy. Uh, we lost a lot of uh, great share of GDP. And uh, all our members are part of Ukrainian economy. And it is very difficult for them to pay membership fee, for example. And my budget as NGO uh, consists of uh, membership fee. Uh, and um, our colleagues from IB Europe, from IB US, they are very helpful not only in words, but in um, certain action. And also, I, as IB Ukraine leader, uh, receive uh, a lot of uh, proposals to speak on behalf of my country. It is very important. Uh, because um, I could deliver a message of uh, true witness, because I, uh, from February 24th, I was in Kiev, and I uh, left Kiev for the first time in May uh, to visit a conference in Madrid, uh, and uh, also to speak about uh, impact of war uh, to the um, NGO uh, role and uh, impact of the war to the Ukrainian digital economy. Uh, so uh, my voice uh, is the true voice of witness of a woman, of a mother, of a digital professional who is uh, in, uh, not, I couldn't say in just in epicenter, uh, but in the center of war, in the territory of war. Uh, that is why I uh, use and grateful for every opportunity to speak uh, because uh, it's uh, not like a newspaper, uh, it's real voice of real person uh, who is real witness of all the things. Absolutely. And of course, every family will know of somebody who's either fighting or who, you know, has had bad news and, and isn't going to return. So it's it's absolutely tragic. And we have many refugees where I live uh, and uh, I'm getting to know many of them. So, yeah, these are all real people, aren't they? Each real individuals. And that leads me to my next question. So there have always been very close relationships with neighboring countries. And of course, prior to the war, you must have had some relationships at least with professionals, Russian professionals in the marketing community. Have you received any messages of support from them at all or have they been completely silent? Um, yes, I, I had a lot of connection uh, both with Russia and Belarus um, because I was working in Denso and uh, IPG and this is network holding and we have a lot of personal and business connections. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, I, I say, uh, unfortunately, I have not received uh, any, any supportive messages uh, from, uh, from Russia or Belarus. And uh, for me, it's uh, deep sorrow uh, and because uh, all my connections, uh, they are educated and intelligent people. And uh, even I could, uh, understand that they are afraid, uh, they, are, uh, they uh, could not raise their voice, but um, I could not understand why they could not connect me personally in any kind of uh, closed messenger, for example, uh, and uh, tell me um, something supportive. Because uh, I, um, I got a lot of supportive messages, uh, letters uh, from our the world, from uh, all IB, from all continents, from Australia, from uh, uh, America's uh, people just uh, write me a few words uh, in order to support me uh, or even to propose um, a shelter or, or to go to their country and uh, they propose their help for me and uh, my, my family. And uh, I, I actually, I had no desire to leave my country, but it was so warm. It was so from heart that uh, it was uh, this a few rows of kind words were very supportive and helped uh, to keep my uh, self-esteem and uh, my desire to do my job uh, here in kiev uh, even we have air rates uh, in march for example six or seven times per day so but none of my russians and belarusian connection did the same thing that that is obviously extremely uh, disappointing and uh, I also have you know a lot of connections in Russia and even when they make statements anti-war statements um, there's still strong whataboutism yes but what about NATO what about so you can feel that the propaganda is really got deep into people's brains 
they can't see, you know, the English phrase is the wood for the trees. Now you have used your very formidable skills as a marketer to tackle Russian propaganda. When did you launch your campaign and what motivated you to start it? Uh, yeah, I remember uh, this fact very clearly uh, because it was uh, second or third day after the war outbreaks and I was still uh, in Kiev and I was uh, in my apartment. I have a kind of shelter with uh, no windows, no glasses, kind of internal room. And I sit there with three of my kids uh, and uh, I thought, should I uh, leave or should I uh, um, still uh, left live in Kiev or go abroad, or go to Poland or Hungary. Uh, and uh, one of our IB Ukraine members, uh, someone from uh, a tech um, uh, category, uh, just called me and uh, proposed uh, to start an advertising campaign um, targeting to Russian and Belarusian audiences uh, and uh, trying to deliver true messages of war. Uh, because uh, Russia still in public call uh, the war a special operation. They uh, do not call it a war, but we already have uh, losses and Russians um, uh, at the first day of war had uh, 1,000 um, dead, uh, dead uh, soldiers per day. So uh, uh, there, there were great losses and uh, these losses were completely closed. Uh, they announced publicly for the Russian uh, people that their losses uh, is uh, up to 200 people. So, so uh, very, very big difference, very big delta. So uh, I call uh, or write to our members, uh, agencies, uh, EdTech, uh, some other companies. Uh, and uh, I found out that uh, a lot of them are ready uh, to unite, uh, to be united in team uh, and uh, use their own resources uh, or we also use fundraising to launch this campaign. Uh, so uh, we targeted um, this advertising, both standard and non-standard. So we use all our expertise as uh, digital experts and do uh, almost the same thing uh, our teams uh, usually uh, do for their advertisers, for their clients. We run advertising campaigns, but the messages uh, were um, a kind of informational resistance. Uh, we uh, try to speak about real losses, both uh, people and military technique. So all this, uh, all these figures and information, uh, which uh, which was uh, completely closed uh, for the Russian or Russian people. Uh, we also uh, deliver messages about economical sanctions and consequences of economical sanctions, such as um, exchange rate between dollars and ruble. Um, some uh, possible shortages of, um, with food like uh, whole wheat, like sugar, like salt, um, like uh, oil. And uh, also we make appeal, special appeal to the uh, mother uh, of Russian soldiers. Uh, there is a kind of uh, NGO, um, um, Soldiers Mothers Committee in Russia, which is uh, relatively powerful and they uh, could uh, go to uh, protest and, and try to keep their sons uh, in Russia. And uh, uh, also we targeted with uh, similar messages to Belarusia. And uh, I think that uh, heaviness of our campaigns in uh, last day of February and March uh, are caused that uh, Belarusians are still, uh, they're still not in open war. So uh, Belarusian soldiers are in Belarus, un under the Belarusia borders. They are not here in Ukraine uh, because the Belarusia army is um, not, not very strong. Uh, our army, for example, had uh, eight, eight, eight years of experience uh, in, the, uh, in the Donbass region. And uh, actually it's a very good uh, active experience uh, for soldiers and for military men. Uh, that is why, uh, for example, uh, Belarusian soldiers, they're actually afraid of Ukrainian because we, we have very different um, experience, military experience. Uh, but what was the problem with our campaign? Uh, from day to day, we have less and less uh, available tools to communicate to Russians. Why? Because um, such uh, companies uh, like 
Google, Facebook, uh, every, every time, uh, every day, they close some possibilities. Uh, also, um, World Gardens such as Meta and uh, Google, they have uh, extremely uh, severe uh, content moderators. Uh, that is why uh, we have um, very few possibilities to speak about the war with the good pictures, with realistic pictures of the war. Uh, because uh, there are a lot of Google and Meta policies that just bans uh, our creative. So uh, we use a lot of possibilities of our uh, ad tech platforms. So we use all possible Russian traffic and Belarusian traffic to communicate, to communicate, to communicate. And without giving too much away, um, in marketing terms, how do those campaigns work? What sort of devices, platforms do you use to get those adverts through the firewall? First of all, in February, uh, we uh, tried to use heavily uh, the, the main advertising tools, uh, Google, YouTube, uh, and Facebook. Uh, but um, it was not so long. Uh, and uh, someday, someday in March, uh, uh, this uh, possibility was closed. And uh, now for Russian people, could use Instagram, Facebook, uh, and Google using a VPN with no di direct availability. Uh, also, um, a lot of our members, uh, uh, which are ad tech platform, uh, with different formats uh, like push up, like video, uh, they uh, just propose uh, to use all their Russian traffic. Uh, to deliver the communication. And uh, as for moderation, it was our guide. That is why we could use uh, any possible um, uh, creative materials uh, with all realistic uh, work pictures and so on to deliver it. Uh, and uh, also uh, we try uh, when, when it was possible uh, to, uh, to offer our or audience uh, in Russia and Belarus to go to the dedicated YouTube uh, video and to get more information. Or oh, we use um, well, push ad ad advertisement and we use uh, any possible way uh, to, to get the message. Um, and I, as, uh, as far as we could estimate, uh, in, in March, uh, our activity uh, was uh, very massive. Uh, and uh, for example, Roskomnadzor, it's a, a Russian state agency that controls uh, everything about web. Uh, and uh, they uh, noticed uh, our activity. Uh, for me, as a media specialist, it means that we definitely built uh, reach uh, in media terms at least uh, 50%, at least. But uh, when we um, saw our analytics, uh, we could. Uh, it's not single source because we do it um, not in typical normal way. We have a lot of teams and a lot of people connected, uh, but uh, we could uh, kind of uh, multi-source uh, analytics. Uh, I could estimate that we uh, we built uh, no less than 17% of Russian internet users reach. It means that at least 70% uh, 70 of all uh, users of internet in Russia uh, saw our uh, messages at least one time. Definitely some of them uh, saw it 12 or 15 times, uh, it, it, it's okay. Uh, and Roskomnadzor, uh, they, um, they launch special format like briefings and it's available uh, online on YouTube. Uh, they uh, appeal to Meta and to Google, asking them to close our activity uh, because they, uh, they uh, mention it as dangerous for Russia. It means that our media power of this communication was was great, was noticeable, uh, and um, e and uh, Russian state agencies um, understand it uh, and estimate it as a danger for the uh, the typical uh, propaganda uh, way of uh, communicating to Russian people because it was against typical things, uh, propaganda. Uh, this time. And 17% of internet users is very high, but of course that's spread over rural areas and cities. So if you're looking at the large cities like St. Petersburg, Moscow, Katerinburg, you're actually reaching a much higher percentage of the population, I imagine, in, in large cities. Uh, yes, yes, I, I hope so, because Russia is not 
equally covered uh, with internet uh, availability. Uh, and uh, big cities uh, definitely should be covered uh, uh, with a heavy, uh, heavier level. But for me, uh, was, uh, it was uh, very difficult to understand uh, how, how it works when we have strong state propaganda and we have uh, some communications um, actually strong in terms of media. Uh, and uh, some people, they, uh, they have this, this propaganda for uh, 10, 15 years, uh, and they could uh, look to the uh, picture, to the video of bombing, uh, and they uh, told, oh, it's fake. You make fakes, as Ukraine constantly make fakes uh, as a state. It's a state order to make video fakes, to make fakes, for example, maternal hospital in Mariupol uh, bombarding, uh, Kharkiv uh, destroying with Russian rockets and uh, heavy artillery. And for me, uh, it was uh, almost impossible to understand could the state propaganda do such ugly things with people's brain, with their possibility to think, with their critical uh, thinking. And uh, it is, for me, still ununderstandable how it could be. Mm. And of course, if you watch uh, Russian state TV, and unfortunately I've watched quite a lot of it, uh, you realise that the, their state media is absolutely flooded with lies, conspiracy theories, and they create a lot of fake footage themselves. You know, there's a lot of fake footage filmed in the Donbass uh, of supposedly Ukrainian attacks. And when you examine the footage that's been created by Russian propagandists, it's usually very, very bad. Uh, you know, when you get used to seeing the real footage and compare the fakes, uh, the differences are absolutely obvious. But it does seem that the Russian population is swimming in a sea of lies. And maybe they just decided that, that everything is fake uh, and, and shutting themselves off, perhaps. Uh, so for you, for the campaign, what is the outcome that you want to achieve? Obviously, when you launched it in March, we're in a very different situation now. Uh, back then, it looked like Kiev might fall. And of course, uh, the resistance uh, to Russian aggression was incredible. And Ukraine stood. You're now pushing them back in the north. Uh, and there's even the possibility for Kherson being taken back. So there's a very different scenario now. Does that mean that the outcomes from your campaign, your ideal outcomes from the campaign, are different now than they were in March? Um, I couldn't name our uh, campaigns uh, for informational resistance as uh, constant or stable, uh, because uh, almost every uh, three or two days um, there were changes, uh, changes of uh, our available tools, of um, real situation, of creative. So uh, sometimes we uh, change creatives every day uh, to deliver actual methods. Uh, and uh, for example, in March, uh, we have uh, absolutely uh, difficult situa situation because Russian troops were in Kiev region. Uh, and um, uh, there were different messages from us to Russia, Belarus, and also we communicated to Europe and to US. Uh, in April, uh, for example, we have uh, communication uh, to United States uh, for the closed sky and for uh, weapons. Uh, and uh, every, every time, every three days, uh, something was changed. Uh, for example, we have a very secret way to get a campaign uh, in Kontakte, uh, which is a Russian-owned uh, social network. And our specialists, they uh, use uh, a very specific scheme uh, in order to uh, be also in contact there, which is a kind of diversion, for example, because it's a Russian, social, a Russian state uh, controls social networks. Uh, but uh, in April, we have a dramatic change of um, situation on front because Kiev region and Chernigiv region uh, were free of Russian uh, troops. Uh, but uh, the main focus of uh, military activity moved uh, to uh, south, uh, south and south and east. Uh, that is why uh, we uh, discover um, 
the level of damages. Uh, Kiev and Chernigov and sometimes Kharkiv and Sumy region received from Russian troops. Uh, that is why in May uh, we uh, also started uh, another vector of our communication uh, and uh, we launched uh, support uh, of our uh, charity foundation, Ukrainian Charity Foundation, uh, in order to uh, support humanitarian needs because a lot of people not only uh, lost uh, their homes, uh, they lost a lot of uh, elementary uh, Things like toothbrushes, toothpaste, uh, some very uh, reasonable amount of clothes, uh, or um, something like that. That is why uh, we um, launch another activity for our uh, media specialists. Uh, we uh, try to uh, help uh, Ukrainian foundation uh, to raise donations uh, for for this uh, category of people. Uh, also, uh, we uh, make appeal to our networks, uh, and for example, IPG uh, and Havas, uh, they uh, propose uh, to Ukrainian branch, Razan Communication, uh, a kind of uh, grant uh, to uh, launch this campaign. It was, uh, for me, great sum. It's uh, $150,000 uh, uh, to support uh, humanitarian needs. And also uh, our members, uh, such as dance, the publicist group, uh, they also appeal to their head offices uh, in order to receive uh, this support uh, to launch a dedicated advertising activity uh, to support Ukrainian charity foundation. Not all, uh, so we make a kind of short list, we check them. Uh, we understand what projects and what um, what exactly uh, needs uh, they uh, plan to cover with uh, donations, uh, and we uh, we will support them with uh, advertising. So we uh, once more we use our core expertise as digital uh, experts and specialists uh, to help. Uh, I could say it also uh, to help win uh, this war, but uh, not on the battlefield, but on the field of humanitarian needs, uh, support, uh, and also a kind of uh, also informational resistance because uh, we still keep it, but definitely in much lower level now. That's that's interesting, and then there's got two follow-up questions to things you mentioned there. One is about uh, sort of crowdsourcing the funds for the campaigns, because obviously we know that potentially you've got digital experts who can volunteer their time to deliver the campaigns, but campaigns cost money because you have to pay the advertising platforms to run the campaigns. And if you're doing something like programmatic advertising, uh, I don't know if you can confirm whether you are or not, that can get very expensive very quickly. In fact, you have to have fairly large investments for some of these automated uh, bidding platforms to actually work effectively. So could you describe to me how you are managing to raise the funds to power the campaign? And are you using uh, you know, crowdsourcing methods to do so? Um, first of all, uh, we... Uh ask for, for funds, for money from our members, members of Ukraine. And uh, very quickly, in two days, we have uh, a sum uh, enough to start the campaign. So uh, at the end of February, we have a kind of donation from our uh, members to start. Uh, also, uh, we appeal, um, we made appeal to uh, advertisers uh, in Ukraine, and also uh, they propose some money uh, for this activity. Uh, sometimes uh, we have a kind of private donation. For example, uh, the guys who discover the scam how to advertise on Skontakti, uh, they just called me, say, okay, I, I understand how to do it. We tested, it's okay. I need money. Okay, how much? Uh, so he uh, asked me for the exact sum and I just uh, make a few calls, few, maybe 12 or, or 15. And uh, I found two people, private, uh, who, okay, I, I give money, just give me a card. Okay, so it, it was like, like that, like very, uh, very uh, handful uh, negotiation because it's like, okay, I'll try, I call, uh, sometimes it's a cold uh, phone call, but uh, definitely um, it has returned uh, uh, 
in a form of the nation. Uh, also, um, there, is, there are uh, some uh, foreign uh, groups, uh, groups of activists, for example, in Britain, in Israel, who supported us almost with the same communication. And uh, they uh, also use some uh, fundraising platforms uh, to raise the money. Uh, in Ukraine, uh, we did not use this platform. We just uh, uh, do uh, did all this um, financing uh, activity and fundraising using our, our personal contacts. Uh, when uh, someone from our team understands how uh, they could uh, communicate uh, and present uh, what they need, I tried to find the money for them. So it was like that. Uh, I think uh, if we um, have had an idea to use fundraising platform, maybe uh, it uh, will it uh, would be better for us. But actually, uh, I, I had not such an idea. I just okay, you need money. Okay, I call to do 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 and uh, find this money or not find. No, 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 not. Uh, I could not say yes to every request, but I definitely try to find. So it worked like that. And also you can guarantee the source of the money, you know who it's come from, you know, the individuals, yes. which which is obviously yes. very important in this. Yes, and uh, also uh, I heard, uh, for example, a kind of legend for me that uh, some Russian companies uh, gave the money for our informational resistance, but uh, I couldn't um, uh, name them because uh, they uh, give money to our gave money to our members and the, our members spend their money for the activity. But uh, there were some Russian companies uh, from, from uh, digital advertising uh, that spend money for Ukrainian informational resistance. That that's very interesting, and obviously one wouldn't yeah. want to expose them because uh, that would be very dangerous. Uh, for their existence uh but uh, that that's a fascinating story and campaigns i mean for those watching this video who don't know how these campaigns normally work normally you have a landing page or a link that you will send users to um, in this case you send them to videos information etc is that information political in any way or is it factual so for instance uh, you know, the Navalny team have a whole series of very effective TV channels now, opposition TV. You have a lot of uh, you, Ukrainian and Russian journalists collaborating like um, uh, Aristovich and, and others. So very effective but political channels. Do you send people to those or do you send them to independent news sources? Uh, we use a lot of sources. Uh, first of all, we, we tried to make our messages uh, overcrammed over uh, with statistics, because uh, uh, statistics uh, looks like seriously, uh, looks like something important. Uh, that is why a uh, great share of our communications uh, consists of figures, uh, number of losses, uh, number of uh, lost planes, uh, forecasted a ruble to dollar exchange rate, um, something like that. But also we have an emotional appeal because when we are speaking about um, Russian soldiers' mothers committee, uh, uh, emotional appeals uh, work, in, uh, work better. Uh, that, that is why um, Sometimes we give uh, we gave uh, to the audience uh, emotional appeals. Also, when uh, we were speaking about a closed sky uh, over the over the over Ukraine, we also use uh, emotional um, emotional messages. But uh, sometimes uh, we uh, we could use uh, in videos um, a kind of experts or bloggers or military experts or quasi military experts because uh, people prefer to hear to real people. Uh, and um, for example, sometimes uh, to hear Aristovich uh, is uh, more suitable, more understandable for them uh, than, uh, than to find uh, Minister of, of Defense, for example, uh, and, uh, or uh, even President. Uh, but uh, first of all, we tried to communicate figures and statistics. 
Uh, and as we understand from analytics, uh, creative materials with statistics and um, extremely uh, with um, economical consequences of sanctions, uh, they has um, they had a higher uh, number of clicks because uh, it was uh, very understandable. Uh, maybe a typical uh, Russian. Uh, uh, a Russian uh, man or woman, they are like 70 years old, they have no son uh, in army, but uh, price for sugar uh, is very important for them, exchange rate important for them. Uh, it would uh, give them a kind of personal understanding of sanctions. And uh, as we uh, saw of statistics, uh, such creatives um, has uh, had uh, high clickability, so they click, click, and uh, they were interested. And then that's very important. I mean, having uh, travelled around Russia, uh, what always struck me is how people are obsessed with statistics. You know, when you're being shown somewhere by a tour guide, they often won't tell you any sort of uh, emotional link to the place. They'll just give you lots and lots and lots of statistics and numbers, which to an extent become meaningless, but I can see how that would work very well. The other point I think is very interesting, and that is about food prices, because it also said that the Russians only have a revolution when there's nothing left in the fridge to eat. Um, and you have to get right down to the absolute basics of living before the Russians will actually take any action to hold their leaders to account. So is, is that why you've tapped into those really sort of basic messages? Uh, definitely, uh, Ukraine uh, is uh, also uh, one of their main uh, global um, contractor for the grain supply, for uh, sunflower oil supply, for sugar, uh, and uh, um, uh, we uh, lost about 30% of uh, fields uh, this year because of uh, the war. It means that even we have um, a good harvest, um, the uh, world uh, will suffer of uh, food shortage. Uh, not only such uh, distant countries uh, in Africa or Asia, but uh, also Russian people. They also uh, imported Ukrainian grain, Ukrainian uh, sunflower oil, uh, sugar, and so on. And uh, this product uh, is basic basket uh, for uh, in Ukraine and in Russia also. Uh, it means uh, that uh, in these terms, uh, the consequences of war, uh, of military activities, uh, the, um, this lost 30% of uh, our fields this year uh, uh, will be very sensitive, uh, not only uh, in Ukraine, but also in Russia, uh, in Europe and globally. Uh, sometimes uh, some experts uh, forecasted that it could uh, cause um, uh, starvation, uh, for example, in Africa, because uh, they 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 imported Ukrainian food. Of course, yeah, uh, and that uh, that crisis is still playing out. We don't know exactly what the impact is going to be, but certainly prices are rising across Europe, and and it's clear that Russia has weaponized food as well as energy to uh, to try and bring itself victory, although I don't think that will help. Um, now your campaign has gained a lot of attention both within Ukraine, but also it has been featured in the West in publications like The Guardian and in Germany's network DW. How important is it for you to get coverage of your activities within the Western media? Uh, for me, uh, it is extremely important uh, because uh, we we are living in hybrid world and the war is also hybrid. Uh, now, uh, in order to win the war, we uh, need not only weapons, tanks, uh, heavy artillery and soldiers. We also uh, need uh, digital tools. And uh, as for me, uh, we uh, tested um, a good uh, set of digital tools uh, which is uh, a kind of European case study. Uh, what uh, should uh, do digital professionals uh, in, in case of war? Because uh, now war is not only uh, 
weapon. It's not only direct uh, military activity. It's also informational resistance. And uh, informational resistance uh, now it's not uh, like a papers with appeals like uh, we have in during the World War II. Uh, informational resistance uh, now uh, is uh, completely digitalized. So uh, we should understand how to work with ads, with mobile phones, with messengers, uh, in order to deliver all this uh, all this information. For example, uh, in uh, Chernigiv and Kharkiv region, um, Russians uh, didn't understand that they should uh, block uh, mobile connection. And uh, they, are, they had that, this experience. And for example, in Kherson, First of all, they blocked uh, Ukrainian mobile operators and uh, they uh, control internet uh, because they understand the power of digital communication uh, as informational resistance. Uh, th that is why, for me, it is impossible to deliver this message to, to Europe, uh, to United States, uh, and I, uh, well, fortunately, I have a good opportunity to speak to IB uh, Global Board uh, to uh, Germany IB board and uh, to uh, to assembly of um, European uh, uh, European uh, branches of IBs uh, and uh, it is very important to uh, look uh, to estimate uh, and uh, use uh, all these digital tools also uh, as a good tool uh, to win the war. Uh, it's the main message from me and from Ukraine because uh, now we are in a case study uh, which uh, we have just uh, in Europe uh, in a 50 or 60 years. So uh, it's the main message from me, uh, from me uh, to, to Western countries. Just to, to understand it, uh, to know it and to be ready because uh, in hybrid world, there is no borders in digital world. Uh, the world there is no borders at all. So we are uh, modern uh, countries are connected in thousands of ecosystems. They are connected deeply, uh, and uh, it means that uh, the war between Russia and Ukraine couldn't uh, be constant war between Russia and Ukraine. Uh, it became war between Russia and Europe, Russia and NATO, Russia and the uh, in the all the world. Uh, that, that, that is why uh, Western countries should be ready. They, they, should they should understand what tools are good on the field and uh, what uh, any digital specialist, uh, even uh, digital specialists are smart guys. Uh, they are uh, not ready to, uh, to wear weapons or to kill people, but they could use their brains and their digital experts and become became a kind of digital wearer, a kind of digital soldier. Absolutely. No, I completely agree with that. And what I find fascinating uh, about what's happening is there are a few organizations in the West who are trying to counter digital propaganda, but not that many. And most of them are private initiatives. They're mostly not governmental initiatives at all. Uh, and yet we see in Ukraine a huge number of um, organizations being created, different kinds of campaigns. It's almost like a sort of a Cambrian explosion of digital experiments to counter the huge Russian offensive. So how would you say your effort fits into this digital uh, warrior ecosystem which is developing? Oh, oh very interesting question. The question about um, which, uh, what is important? Uh, we uh, everyone should understand that Russian state uh, budget uh, propaganda tools in state budget. So it's like a, a state uh, area of responsibility to have propaganda. Uh, in Ukraine, uh, we have a very uh, different situation. Uh, we uh, have uh, a lot of independent media, despite that some media, some TV channels are owned by uh, very rich people, but uh, there are a lot of channels and uh, each of them has own voice, own interest. And um, uh, I could say that situation with independent media is uh, 
absolutely different uh, compared to Russian, for example. Uh, but uh, in case of emergency, in case of war, uh, we have not budget to speak uh, in one voice uh, of some state message. Uh, it's a problem. Uh, but uh, we have a lot of volunteers uh, and uh, a lot of organizations uh, uh, that had desire, uh, they had some money or, or they have some resources uh, to uh, to create a kind of uh, alternative, uh, not organization, but uh, agency. I, I could uh, name it uh, a kind of countryside agency. Uh, that could do creative strategic production and media work uh, in order to deliver message. The main problem now uh, is that we have not one person uh, represent, uh, that represents state or, or president office or, for example, minister of defense um, that just could bring us and give us message. Uh, and we as advertising industry making all these banners, videos, started campaign uh, and uh, what what was the problem and still is the problem uh, we should uh, create the message by ourselves uh, actually it's uh, not extremely good situation uh, but uh, we have a plan uh, as industry association uh, that we will uh, lobby uh, this position for example in president office someone like maybe it's like press secretary, maybe communication director or communication head, uh, a person in president office uh, who will uh, brief us and uh, give us message. Because all other um, roles and all other tasks, uh, we could uh, close uh, like, in the, like um, association of uh, industry players. So we could do strategic work, creative work, production, media, uh, analytics, uh, everything, uh, but we just need the main message. Uh, I don't um, have explanation why uh, it works in Ukraine, in uh, air, any emergency case, uh, in any trouble, in any problem. Uh, our nation produced a, a great share of volunteers uh, ready to self-organization, which is great value, uh, which is ready to find fundraising, uh, to uh, making uh, uh, making banners, making videos, and uh, maybe it's our kind of uh, national specific or, or national character, uh, but uh, we, Ukrainians definitely very good self-organized. Uh, extremely in uh, under difficult circumstances, but um, I, I want to have more support and maybe more guidance from state uh, state uh, offices. Uh, it will be very helpful helpful for us, for example, to get even message, main key message, and uh, everything uh, other will be done by our team. And I think uh, that 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 sounds very sensible, and of course. Uh... In the West, it works a little bit more like that in that government does have more control over uh, who gets to see what. And uh, especially in the situation of war, they get to control a lot of the message that gets put out. But I think what I see from these self-organizing groups in Ukraine, it does seem that digital media and especially social media is all about experimenting. Um, so in some respects, governments are very, very bad at experimenting, aren't they? At thinking of new ideas, testing and moving in an agile fashion. That is not what any governments do, in fact. Um, so it does seem to me that these digital collectors that you've got perfectly fit the digital media war in a way, of course, the Russians cannot because the Russian state acts as a vertical uh, unless it's approved from the top, nothing gets said or done down through the power structure or the media. So to some extent, I think uh, what you guys are doing fits much better with the media, uh, the medium of, of social media, um, and certainly is far more powerful than anything that the Russians can do. Uh, yes, um, but uh, that's 
ultimately, uh, our informational resistance structure uh, is uh, not vertical. Uh, it's almost horizontal uh, because uh, it's just connections and uh, connections of uh, a lot of a lot of volunteers. Uh, and uh, this structure uh, also has uh, pros and cons. Uh, and uh, sometimes uh, we need to combine uh, the best from a vertical structure and horizontal structure because uh, every army is a vertical structure. And uh, we, uh, horizontal structure is like partisan. Uh, during the war, we need uh, both regular army and also we need diversions and uh, partisans. Uh, only these combinations uh, could, uh, uh, could bring us uh, good results. Uh, that is why uh, I, uh, as the head of uh, industrial association, I have planned uh, to bring some elements of a vertical structure. Uh, and uh, also, um, we have uh, some uh, discussions with our members that uh, we should uh, create a kind of emergency uh, structure uh, to uh, define all the roles, uh, to define uh, all the brief formats, to define responsibility zones. Uh, and uh, in any case of uh, war, uh, ecological disaster, uh, something um, unpredictable, uh, we just use this structure. And uh, what can use it, uh, it doesn't deny that we will also uh, connect and use all volunteers, but um, definitely we should add some elements uh, of uh, vertical structure uh, in order uh, to, uh, first of all, uh, avoid uh, uh, resource overspending because uh, in any horizontal structure, uh, and uh, I feel it by my own experience in February and uh, March, uh, we have a resource uh, overspend because uh, sometimes uh, some uh, some people do the same work um, because it's volunteers, because it's uh, bombing, because uh, sometimes it's a low internet connection. Uh, and uh, we, uh, we as digital experts, we uh, should uh, use this uh, experience and skill learning from the February, March, April, in order uh, to be ready for any any emergency situation. Our industry wasn't prepared for the war. I, I could say it. We are uh, we were not ready, uh, and definitely. Uh, we should uh, have a map of scenarios. We should have algorithm of what we should do. Uh, and uh, all these are, should be done beforehand. So uh, like we should have uh, action plans and uh, for different scenarios. Uh, and uh, in case of, uh, uh, not in case, but when the uh, war will end it, uh, we uh, spent uh, some time uh, for for this preparation, for this emergency emergency structure preparation, uh, something that could um, uh, offer uh, we could offer this to our industry, and our industry will be first of all prepared, and um, they uh, all of our specialists uh, will understand their place, their role, their responsibility zone. Uh, and structure where they should uh, use their, their, their expertise and their skills. And talking of being prepared, uh, you've talked about the fact that even if the West doesn't consider itself in conflict with Russia, Russia does consider that it is in conflict with US and the West. So you've got this sort of disbalance in perception there. Um, with the West being far more short-term and Russia potentially being far more strategic in its long-term, you know, let's say imperialist ambitions. Um, so what should the West be doing to learn from all these partisan horizontal experiments that are going on in Ukraine? How can the West take those learnings and actually build 
uh, digital into part of its hybrid war strategy for the future. Difficult uh, to uh, now to make conclusions because we are still in process. We are now in process of uh, having this experience. Uh, but uh, in a simple word, I could say that uh, we, uh, as digital uh, and communication experts, uh, we should analyze uh, the war situation uh, in terms of uh, typical uh, communication brief. So uh, our enemy is our target audience. Every target audience has, uh, for example, size, uh, they have uh, age pattern, uh, they have uh, some uh, behavior patterns. And uh, uh, as we as marketers, as digital marketers, used to study um, target audience, uh, also we should study our enemy as target audience. Because when we understand um, uh, Russian and Belarusian as target audience, we understand how they um, consume media, uh, how they consume digital. Uh, and when we uh, have this understanding, uh, it means for us that we could use the best, uh, the best way to communicate with them. Uh, it means for me that uh, key, uh, key knowledge, uh, key learning uh, of uh, this war, uh, it's, it is to, to uh, understand uh, your target audience um, as much as possible. Uh, and uh, in um, communicating, we should use all these um, formats, tools as we used to communicate to advertisers, but definitely creative materials will be different. And uh, in this, this point, we need uh, strategies uh, to understand what exactly which should be communicated uh, to what target audience or maybe uh, to uh, exactly what part of target audience. So it's very, very similar as, for example, we planned uh, advertising activity for FMCG. We just started target audience, divided to sub-target audiences, uh, making great, a great selection of tools. Different. So all these things, uh, which seems too, too, too much uh, from marketing, should be done in hybrid war, uh, definitely uh, with the uh, help of uh, digital marketers, digital experts who became digital veteran now. And I think this is this might point to at least how Ukraine is going to win the hybrid war. And that is that you understand your target audience far, far better. You know the demographics and a lot of the intent that exists in uh, Russians' minds. Uh, obviously, there's diversity there, but you have a really good idea of, of your enemy in that respect, whereas the Russians don't seem to really understand either Ukrainians or the diversity that exists in the society. They don't seem to understand Ukrainian institutions or even geography. Um, and do you think that will help in your victory? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, uh, uh, fortunately for us, uh, they used maps of 1960s. They do not use even Google Maps, for example which is uh, so strange for me um, and uh, which is uh, which was very very fun uh, when they uh, tried to uh, to destroy uh, TV uh, TV translators every time in every city they uh, tried uh, to destroy uh, the TV transmitters yeah translator powers but uh, yeah but uh, Ukraine is highly digitalized country uh, with uh, uh, good coverage of even mobile uh, internet. Uh, and uh, we almost uh, uh, find our news in mobile phones, uh, not in the, uh, on TV. Uh, and uh, for me, as um, a communication expert, it's a, a great mistake uh, in uh, media consumption. So uh, we, as Ukrainian, is target audience for Russians, and they uh, did not uh, learn our media consumption, which is which um, has a great share of internet consumption and uh, mob, uh, our mobile internet consumption. And the way we consumed news 
because it's very important for propaganda. They just destroyed TV transmitters. Uh, it's, uh, it's, no it's, effect it's example, at all. <laughs> no, no, no effect at all. Uh, but it's a good example of uh, importance of understanding target audience. Despite uh, it sounds like uh, oh, it's it's much about marketing. Yes, but but we should understand. I think that's a perfect place to to end our interview, and I think that is an extremely strong conclusion and learning uh, from this experience that you've got in hybrid war strategies. Uh, Anastasia, I'm very grateful to you for making the time to speak to me today. The work you're doing is extraordinary, innovative and bold, and I wish you luck in your ongoing campaign. Uh, Slava Ukraini. Thank you.